liar, you son of a... Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. And Chance Star is for three times in a row not absent. No, no, no not present. Oh. Not present. Absent is the word. <laughs> he's he's on, in absentia. Yeah, he's on milk cartons now. So. He's on milk cartons now. We're, we're, we're kind of looking. We've put up a couple of flyers, but, you know, someone will ring maybe. And if not, we'll just buy a new one. We'll buy a new Chance from the Chance shop. <laughs> yeah. A little mandrake will grow into a plant. Who knows? Yeah. We'll make him out of Mando. <laughs> like in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, we're back uh, again with another exciting theme and three film recommendations to talk about a unifying idea, as we usually do. We are this week, if you listened in to our last episode, we are talking about feel-bad films inspired by David Finch's marketing for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. We are all very glum. You're very glum. These were some dour films. These are the worst of times. These were the, bur- these were the best of times. These were the blurst of times. <laughs> the blurst of times. That's a Simpsons joke, isn't it? I swear it yeah, is. Yeah, that sounds very Simpsons. It's got to be. It's got to yeah. be. But um, so we're doing talking about feel-bad films, as in films that make you feel fucking miserable. We no happy endings here, yeah. no good outcomes, yeah. misery porn, but to the extreme where even the Australian film industry would be like, whoa, that's too much. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we should talk about the films that we brought in. So uh, the Chancellor had submitted, what did he, he submitted Requiem for a Dream. Dream, Darren Aronofsky's 2000, year two. 2000, no, perfectly uh, on 2000. Perfectly on 2000. Yeah. Uh, drug addiction nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> uh, a very interesting piece of cinema. I have brought the uh, not Sydney Lumet at Sydney Sydney, Pollock. Sydney Pollack's yeah. 1969. They shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> Probably the weirdest title. And Josh, what did you bring? I brought Blue Valentine by Derek Sia France. Sia France starring Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Mm. In, in Michelle Williams got an Oscar nomination for this, but then they both got nominations for Golden Globes for this one, yes. I believe. So no happy endings on any no. of these things here. I guess we'll talk about, first off the bat, Requiem for a Dream. Now, had yeah, you so seen Requiem for a Dream? In bits and pieces. I was trying to sort of avoid the film as much as possible because I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like... For me, and it wasn't. It wasn't. See, what- I I love Black Swan, and but this particular nightmare was just you could smell this film. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very interesting way to describe. What's interesting is mm. this was one of the first like art housey things I saw because it's, it's the one where when you're a teenager, everyone's like, "Oh, have you seen Requiem?" Yeah, because it like has the, that score that everyone uses. The score for everyone uses, but it's also known as like the most hardcore film that anyone sort of watched Which at that isn't. age. I've seen I mean, worse, but at that age, yes, a lot age, of people sort of yeah. seen it because you know you, you Jared Leto injecting into the hole in his arm. That was I could not rewatch. Yeah, the, that the gross bit. like like the gross gangrenous, um, gangrene um, kind of wounded arm. Uh, but I'm surprised that you hadn't sort of really watched it because it's one of those staples that everyone sort of. Yeah, that's the thing. through that like, phase, like yeah. those sort of gateway drugs to like m- better films. But mm. I hadn't seen this film in a very long time because obviously it's quite miserable. Although it was interesting, everyone describes Requiem for a Dream as the most depressing movie ever made. I'm like, not even close. No, no. Um, I feel like at least 
my they shoot horses don't they is far more depressing i i agree me. with that i felt way worse watching the, um, i think part of it's because you feel a little bit more for other characters it's, you don't yeah. really have sympathy for i have any of no these characters. sympathy or empathy for them um, like, i have a little bit for ellen burston's character absolutely like um, you're like the way sort of the system fails her is horrendous yeah yeah but she does kick it off uh, voluntarily yes, as a, as for vanity yeah. for being on television and yeah. weight loss and she but she's probably yeah. not all there and, and no, her son not. takes advantage of her the doctors take advantage of her and yes. that kind of thing but um it'd been a very long time since i've seen it so watching it again i was kind of like taken aback by how aggressive the style is i love that mm. like that's my it's favorite. a great style yes yeah, the favorite absolutely. part of it is the technical execution um apparently when darren aronofsky had made it shot the film he had an assistant editor who had no idea what he wanted to kind of put the film together in this weird way he's like no 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 you don't understand it has a very specific cutting pattern and these things because he just you know there's all these inserts these really quick inserts yeah, like for two the, shots the like the, yeah two together. shots split screens, split screens long takes and and the pace just is it's I f- watching it again I was like oh this movie is fucking relentless mm. it doesn't let especially up. that last like 10-15 minutes just yeah, like, yeah 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 and then it ends on those pullbacks those yep. pullbacks and then and then the little weird TV studio fantasy moment from mm-hmm. Ellen Burstyn's character Ellen Burstyn was nominated for an Oscar for this one actually and she to, for my money is the MVP of the film oh yeah um, but it is I guess it succeeds in being a depressing film, but it's almost objective. It's as opposed to both of our submissions, which are a lot mm. more subjective. You're from the point of view of a character mm. in it, whereas this movie almost, and with that style and being so aggressive straight up, it's almost looking at them yeah. from the outside. Yeah, it's in. like look how ruinous their lives are, and this is what they did to themselves in a way. Yeah, and like ass to ass, ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Everyone, I was talking to Alex, a friend of mine, the other day, and he forgot about the butt-to-butt dildo, mm. double-ended dildo scene with Jennifer Connelly. In my head, I swear I remember like a full-on big dolly push-in shot <laughs> where you very clearly see the dildo between. I like invented the shot in my head because it's not in there. It's not no, in the film. It's all suggestion. Yeah, yeah but like yeah. I was like, okay, so this is really cool. So I really dig that. I just prefer other Aronofsky I agree, films, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah. you know, Black Swan is mm. probably my favourite, very, yeah. very closely followed by yeah, I, yeah, I don't hate this, but I'm not like in love with it as much as I do. And it's not one you regularly go and rewatch. No. It's, I mean, none of these really are because they're no. so fucking depressing. Oh. Um, so I, I guess, like in that respect, it is quite depressing and it has that effect. A lot of mm. people, but you know, like I was thinking in my head, I was like, people really watch this film and then just went on using heroin. Like there are yeah. people who watch this film or watch like, like Train Spotting and did the same thing as well. Yeah, we'll see. But Train Spotting tonally is a little bit of different. It's Whereas a bit lighter. This yeah. movie is very. It's awful and you will die. There is mm-hmm. no version of this story of going on yeah. heroin that ends even, up... With even prescribed life. drugs will fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love the fridge when it opens up. Yeah, I was like, feed me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a fridge. It's literally in the credits. Fridge puppeteer. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is fun. Um, so it, it, it works. It's a very strong film and it sort of... If it gets people into the more abstract kind of things, I guess it yeah. has some really cool value so it's, it was a, it was a good mm. recommendation I, it's, I think it's interesting because on Letterboxd you give it like two stars and I give it four and yeah but uh, it, it, it's yeah. an interesting film hey guys just stopping in here to tell you about a brand new streaming platform called Spec TV spelt S-P-E-C-C-T-V it's a streaming service for independent Australian films my own film Red Curtain Hell is on this 
You can find it on iOS and Android as well as on the web. And by subscribing, you're helping fund content and helping creators get paid. And if you've subscribed via the website, it's $20.20 for the year 2020. That's 2020 for 2020. That offer expires March 30th, 2020, so get in quick. And you can use the code MMPR for 20% off any subscription tier or level, including the 2020 for 2020 deal. So that's the code MMPR for 20% off. So that's Spec TV, S P E Double C TV. So I brought to the table. We'll talk about yours last. We'll talk about mine next. Of course. <laughs> so, so that we don't <laughs> keep up the same pattern. Um, I brought uh, 1969's They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Which is a movie I almost had no idea existed until Neither. I heard it mentioned. Um, uh, you must remember this, which is a podcast I listen to about old Hollywood. She has a whole um, series about Jane Fonda and Gene Seberg and in Jane Fonda's one she talks about this movie and she even plays a clip from it I'm like ooh this movie sounds really interesting what is it so I found it I got a hold of it and I watched it and I'm like dear motherfucking god it is for my money why I brought it is because it is a feel bad film but it doesn't just it's, it's intent isn't just to say um just to feel bad it, it's very angry and it's very specifically angry about things that mm. I think are more relevant now than maybe they were at the time oh the so relevant it made. like it, it hooks into you like immediately yeah and you're like and the way it's edited too because like it's almost like he's sort of retelling what went down yeah. through like the editing yeah and what's interesting is how repetitive the film is but it yes. leans into like in a way in the similar way almost to um, Requiem for a Dream there mm. is this repetitiveness of the drug montages but yeah. this uses the repetitiveness of because there's this cyclical nature to I guess we should explain the plot there's yeah. <laughs> uh, Requiem for a Dream is four people get addicted to drugs and their lives get worse um, and Requ- uh, They Shoot Horses Don't They is about um, they used to actually do these these mm. um, sort marathon of marathon dances. dance competitions during depression era as a way of like entertaining people and then the people would win some money at the end of it so it's how long can you dance they would dance for days and days and weeks days actually, on end, yeah. weeks on yeah. end to do this thing and so this tells a tale of um a woman who rocks up but her partner's got uh, like a pneumonia mm-hmm. kind of cough so he gets uh shunned away and she has to get another partner so she becomes and this partners. is like robert the guy's character's name is robert and robert. he just rocks up and like yeah you know. yeah and jane fonda plays the lead in this and this got her her first Oscar nomination yeah and then her second so. one was for Clute and I believe she won for Clute yes. Clute's a fantastic movie yeah. too I just saw that recently yeah. but anyway and so there's this just this endless dance marathon and it's sort of just a like a scathing indictment on capitalism yeah absolutely 110% um, and, and also the perpetrators of capitalism so like the character Rocky who's like the MC of the event is just like so exploitative yowza yowza yeah so um, exploitative yeah 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 and it's really it the movie deliberately wears you down and they have these two because what they would do is there's the dancing kind of part of it but then every now and then they'd in, use the intermission of it they call them a derby basically like what horses do when they run around a, a, a thing which then plays into the yeah. theme they shoot horses don't they yeah. but the humans doing it and they have to get tied to one another and they just run around for these loops and thing and those two sequences mm-hmm. are like those set pieces Rough. are like insanely yeah because you don't expect it coming the first time the first time it comes you're like what is this and you're like is yeah. this gonna come again and it does and, and then it comes worse. again and when it comes again it yeah. gets worse. worse way worse and there's a there's a particularly horrific thing that happens with Jane yeah. Fonda's character and the person she's derbying with yeah and what's interesting is it has these high, as opposed to Requiem for a Dream which is just sort of this upscale thing mm. um, They Shoot Horses is this up down up down up down because they have these 10 minute 
breaks. And so every they use two that hours. every two hours. Yeah. And so they do that because it's like a medical legal requirement for them mm. as part of the plot. But then they use that to sort of oscillate the tempo of the film. But mm. my God, it's such a good movie for yeah, me. I, I adore it. And Fonda's a powerhouse. Fonda's she so really, good in it. She really holds together even the more absurd performances of the other characters. Yeah. Like she the, the, like the brings it. Lean into, and there's sort of towards the end, a big sort of plot thing happens, which I've seen in a lot of other movies. And they never get it right. It always seems too melodramatic. And she yes. plays it so well, you buy it, like, straight up. Mm. And it's directed so well. It's shot so well. Yes. These, I think it's shot anamorphic with these lens flares during, like, yeah, the Yeah, because they have, sequences. like, the, the way to set up the derby is this all, like, typical, like, ballroom sort of setup with, like, the ballroom sort of flashing lights. And they have the stage. And so they have all these lights from different directions and, like, overhead lighting. So you see all the flares yeah, come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then they start getting all sweaty. As they sort of wear down the clothes, degrade, and like yeah. they're putting tissues in their feet, and they're like it's better than nothing. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 to stop. Yeah, it, it's <sighs> uh, it's relentless, but it's uh, a huge and not a lot of people know about it. Weirdly, it got no. nominated for best picture, I believe, or at least she got nominated for best yeah. actress, and, and it got some script right. And Robert Ebert gave it four out of four. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And it's a really stars. excellent movie, and it just weirdly has kind of slipped under people's radars. And a lot of people I know only found out about it via the podcast the the you must remember this podcast but i brought to the table one because i think more people need to watch it too because i think it is one of the most depressing movies i've ever seen in my life and And subtly so that's the biggest yeah yeah it's it it it, it catches you off guard with that the 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 hopelessness captures Mm. you off guard almost it's really kind of relentless um i love it to pieces i'm gonna rewatch it but i I have to space out the rewatching someone you can sort of watch straight up like back to back um i'd love to see it on a cinema i reckon this would play really well oh that would be great yeah i can't believe they it's one of the movies i'm like i can't believe they made that they actually got that made Mm. and with the big star and and a big name director who'd done i believe he'd done out of africa by now or he was going to do out of africa one of the two Yeah, yeah um Fantastic film. I love it. Love it to pieces. What did you think, Chanster? Oh, wait. <laughs> We're going to keep making jabs at Chanster just this whole time. Every episode from now on. No. Every episode from now on. Um, and what movie did you bring? Uh, again, I brought um, Derek C. France's Blue Valentine, which is a movie everyone sort of universally agrees. It's like this sort of depressing pizza like oh no you shouldn't watch this and I thought it would be a nice recommendation for you because it's sort of like well I'd never seen it I'd been yeah. meaning to watch it it's just one mm. of those ones I never got around to yeah. um, and I finally gave it a go because I knew a bit about the production behind the scenes yes, how he'd yeah. given them a break between the thing where they lived together for like two months yeah. to sort of build the characters and how he didn't have a lot he gave up his directing salary to um, uh, help fund the film and it was interesting because he didn't uh, he didn't not get paid he got paid and then put the money back into the production so he still paid tax on the thing so he technically paid to make the film yeah um and they didn't have a lighting truck they just used natural lighting which yeah. i think makes the cinematography like exponentially more beautiful it's very mm. it's this really insanely difficult looking long lens work yeah which uh, i found really good it's interesting because there's this sort of two timelines there's the past and the present and the past is shot on film on Super mm-hmm. 16 and the present shot on Red 1 it's shot on digital so it's really interesting very cool choice to do that um, beautiful performances especially Michelle Williams I'm oh, like yeah, yeah she deserves heartbreaking. the heartbreaking. Oscar nominations yeah. there. it's really good but I or interestingly I didn't find it as devastating as everyone had kind of made it out to no, be I assume no. and if the way everyone described it 
I, I feel like I remember people talking about there being like this really intense rape scene in the middle of it, and mm. and there, there's not. There's sort I of an really uncomfortable, weird sex scene yeah. where it's sort of they're fighting in the middle of it, so it doesn't. It has these weird kind of areas. But I was expecting some, you know, like irreversible level horrendous mm. scene the way everyone kind of described it, and I didn't get that. And I was like, oh, okay, so I had to kind of recalibrate my expectations halfway through. So it was sort of a, an interesting. Uh, thing I do, I do. This is this is a this is a tasteless thing to say, but I very very much appreciate that we got to see Mike Vogel's butt because Mike <laughs> Vogel is very cute. Yeah. Uh, but as like a douchebag character, he's yeah. the, he's the douchebag boyfriend of hers from the yeah, past. Right? I what I heard this film described as was almost like a breakup movie for couples. I heard like coming yeah. into it for like before okay. I saw it, and I was like, that's probably was the more devastating factor for people. Yeah. And then, like, watching, I was like, oh, no, this is, like, hits real low. But like you said, it's, like, marriage story for, like, poor people. I felt it's marriage story yeah. without the epilogue. Yeah. It kind of felt like, as far as, like, um, beats, not necessarily mm. execution, marriage... See, this, is, this was so heavily improvised. So this is yeah. the polar opposite in terms of execution style to... And, you know, the, the camera is very wishy-washy. They've shot very far back so the actors can kind of move how they want to move. There's no camera right in their face. Whereas marriage story is the opposite. The camera's right mm. in their face every beat of the dialogue is written in so it's different approaches to the exact same kind of ideas and obviously yeah. the characters in blue valentine are not rich <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all white but they're not rich mm. um so but I, I oh it was a beautiful little film it's not necessarily my kind of film i think i prefer yeah. that technical specificity of yeah something it's because like it's getting story. towards slice of life and like that's sort yeah of something yeah you that's, that's definitely something i always just rub weirdly against all the yeah. time. i don't know why because i i understand that they're beautiful i just don't i i prefer the mm. the art in doing something designing something as opposed yeah. to freewheeling yeah, everything's very like yeah you yeah. controlled and like you know heavy is. films not necessarily are my bag because mm. it's just the things i like to see is you know as opposed but it was a very interesting i'm very glad i saw her and michelle williams like i was like oh she's been good since the get-go oh yeah she's, <laughs> she's been, been really great. good and ryan, ryan gosling is it's although it's interesting when he's in the future timeline where they're making him a bit bald and they're trying to like dress him down to look really dowdy <laughs> but his biceps still like show through the thing and I'm yeah like, it's just like dude, crushing through the shirt yeah, this, yeah. Go, this dude is still ripped as fuck because mm. but they're, they're trying desperately to make it's, him not look hot it's not like what he did for the lovely bones where he like ate ice cream and then he got fired yeah he got yeah. he got fired for getting fat for it yeah so i think but i think he would probably was between two like big movies in one he had yeah. to be really buff or whatever maybe like crazy stupid love which i think came around 2011 so. Yeah, around the same time. 2010 yeah. is is this, isn't it? Blue and then, yeah, Blue yeah, yeah. and then Crazy Stupid Loves 2011. So, yeah, so that yeah. would make sense. He was probably yeah. filming, you know, so he had to kind of be in a weird position. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just like, okay, you, you're trying to make Ryan Gosling not hot, but it's really challenging, and especially at a low budget, I would assume. But very beautiful movie, very interesting. And as far as the depressing thing, I think what comes to depressing is where they leave it off. They leave it mm. off with a tremendous amount of ambiguity as opposed to Marriage Story, which very wraps it up in a, in a tight bow at the end, yep. which some people don't like. But I think it, le- it uses the ambiguity for depressingness because you've kind mm. of sat through with them not really clicking properly. Yeah. For and you're also film. filling in your own trauma with it, like your yes. own sort of experiences. Yes, yes. Yep. Um, so it, it interesting to me though it was interesting I was like oh this is the least depressing of the three movies we yeah. brought to the table yeah. because the other two were just utterly relentless whereas Blue Valentine 
wants to weave in love into these moments because it's like love and hate are kind of part of this same idea whereas like Requiem for a Dream is just like you will do drugs and you will die <laughs> and they shoot horses like capitalism will, will kill you will murder you. us all <laughs> uh, it, it's quite a quite a fun uh, thing but so that's I guess feel bad films if you haven't seen any of these films I highly recommend it, especially um, They Shoot Horses which yeah, is very find it, please. which is yeah. not one that a lot of people know exists Blue Valentine is very beautiful and Requiem for a Dream is one of those classics where if you haven't seen it get around to it because it's amazing when you watch it you realise oh every, there are so many people were ripping mm-hmm. this movie off after the fact like yeah. everyone saw this movie and then ripped it off yeah and you hear, <laughs> hear that like the score of it like everywhere like that one piece of music it's called The Looks Are Turner and yeah. it's part of a riff and then they obviously reorchestrate it for the using a lot of movie trailers was actually a big thing that they yeah, used to do um, at the time uh, but yeah no highly recommend you track down these films if you have some interesting uh, feel bad films let us yeah. know we might be able to read them on the podcast we've got yeah. a shorter format now so we've got a bit more time to read in so if you have some feel bad films you'd love to recommend you can tweet us uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers you can email us at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com <laughs> now for our next recommendation the theme is music music now we can be a bit vague with as with all our themes we can be a bit vague with this it doesn't have to be a musical music can be a part of the narrative although i have a very interesting recommendation (laughs) i think i've talked about on the podcast actually before uh that i think is it's quite a polarizing film uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see what that is. We'll, we'll hold that off until the episode. You'll have to listen in to find that out. Ooh, damn it. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. You can find As me always. on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. And you can find me on Twitter at that Sundance KD, all caps. And you can find this and many other wonderful podcasts. There's some fantastic, amazing, cool podcasts at that'snotcanon.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and you'll hear from us again next time. Bye. See you later.